Good morning, Cornerstone. Welcome to church this morning. Let's stand together. Let's give God glory and praise today. I hope you brought, you brought your praise with you this morning.
with you today, God. We're going deeper with you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. helped you through something right now, raise your hand. Raise your hand. If God has helped you through something, and if you don't have your arm raised, look around because there is something in the power of the people that he can deliver you just the same as he's delivered all of us.
All you have to do is reach. This is a testimony of it all. And I've seen cancer disappear. And I've seen metal plates dissolve. Don't you tell me he can't do it. Don't you tell me he can't do it. And I've seen a real life resurrection. I've seen the mental health that's restored. Don't you tell me he can't do it. Don't you tell me. And I've seen families reunited and our prodigals return. Don't you tell me he can't do it. Don't you tell me he can't do it. I've seen troubled souls
thankful that He never gives up on us, aren't you? I'm thankful that He can restore and redeem and rebuild. And when the enemy comes in like a flood, that He raises up a standard against the enemy. Amen? I'm thankful. Jeremiah 24, 7. Then I will give them a heart to know me, that I am the Lord, and they shall be my people, and I will be their God. For they shall return to me with their whole heart. God's about ready to take the hearts of some of the people who have not been completely for him, of those who have been wayward, of those who have strayed away, of the sons and daughters that we've prayed for, of the brothers and sisters that we've prayed for, and set their hearts on a new course. He's about to turn them back. He's about to pull them out of the pits. He's about to do something miraculous. Here's what I feel like he's saying to us. We have to prepare our heart because when he brings them in, they're not going to look like what we think they should look like. And they're not going to sound like what we think they should sound like. But they're going to have a heart like David. They're going to be courageous and they're going to be bold. And they're going to stand up for the Lord, for the furtherance of the kingdom. And so we prepare our hearts so when they come, we receive them. But he's about to turn some hearts. Can we just take a minute and say, God, we thank you, Father. God, we thank you, Lord, that you're faithful to your word. God, we thank you, Father, that you hear the prayers of your people, God. We thank you, Father, for your plan, which is above every other plan, for the name of Jesus, which is above every other name. God, we give you glory and honor in the house today, and we thank you for what we're about to see, Lord God. We thank you and give you praise and honor ahead of time, God. We thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. I know you make a way Well, I don't always understand I don't always get to see But I will believe it Yes, I will believe it You make mountains move You make giants fall You use songs of praise
Sing it again. Come on, church. Come on, declare that. many are a product of God's grace and God's mercy? Come on. How many are a product of God's grace and God's mercy on your life? Listen, you've got a lot to be excited about today because the blood of Jesus Christ flowed from Calvary. And because of that, we have, we are right standing with the Lord because of the, the sacrifice that Jesus gave on the cross gives us access all right, how many believe that? How many know that in your heart today? Can you stretch your hands towards heaven today? Begin to give adoration to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I don't care where you've been, how dark your past is, the blood of Jesus covers your sins. I don't know how it works, but a, it turns a black heart to a white, white, a red blood could turn a black heart to, to, to pure white. I don't know how it works, but I know it works. Come on, just lift your voice. Come on, all across this building. I, I know we've taken a little bit of time in worship today, but can you lift your voice in adoration today? Begin to let the meditations of your heart begin to flow this morning. Lord, we worship you, Lord. We honor you, God. We're, we're grateful for, the, for your blood that flowed from Calvary, God. Lord, we worship you. We honor you today. We give you adoration. up every need in this house. God, just this, this morning, Lord, I got several texts from people, Lord, who are not feeling well. Lord, would you touch them right where they're at right now? Let healing virtue begin to flow in the room where they're at, God. Some are in hospitals, Lord. Some are at home. God, it doesn't matter, Lord. Lord, move on their behalf in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, I, I just ask today, Lord, that you would touch God, each and every need. Lord, we lift up Lord Cheryl Mitchell's father today, Lord, who's been struggling over the last week in, in, in the hospital. Just, uh, God, I ask, Lord, that you would be with him. Lord, that, that the blood of Jesus would begin to flow in the room where he's at right now. 
God, we, we lift up situations, God, family situations, Lord, people, so many calls, Lord, that I've gotten this week, God, for people just struggling, God, within their family and with, with situations. But, Lord, I know this, that the blood of Jesus covers those things. Lord, we declare, Lord, that you would touch those needs, Lord, that you would touch those situations. God, I pray, Lord, right now, Lord, in this place, that if someone doesn't know you, in this moment, that the Holy Spirit would reach down in this moment and begin to woo them to you, Lord. If you're here and you're under the sound of my voice and you say, Pastor, I feel something in my heart. I don't know what it is. Can I tell you that's the Holy Spirit speaking to you? Don't wait another minute. Just, just run down here to these altars. We want to pray with you. You need to have your, a relationship with Jesus Christ and make it right. Lord, we honor you. We thank you, Jesus. We worship you. Come on, one more time. Can you lift your hands? Can we sing, Oh, Precious is the Flow? Come on, sing it. Come on, church, lift your voice. for the blood of Jesus. Give him a hand clap of praise. The blood of Jesus changes things. The blood of Jesus changes me. Amen. Amen. Look at your neighbor. Say, I feel the presence of the Lord in the house today. Amen. Amen. I just feel his, I feel the presence of the Lord. If you will, you may be seated if, if you can. Uh, today and I, I just I feel the presence of the Lord in the house today. I'm so glad that you're here today on this rainy day on the second day of deer hunting season. Some of you it took a lot of faith for you to get here today. Uh, but we're glad that you're here today. Glad that you're you're here in the house today and uh, I, I tell you what I just I just love the presence of the Lord. Sorry. So you cry too much, Pastor. I don't care. I love Jesus. <laughs> I love you, but Jesus has done more for me than you even realize. 
If you've walked the road that I've walked, you would understand why I cry the tears that I cry, why I talk about the mercy and the grace of God, because it's only by His grace and mercy that I'm standing here today. And it's only by God's grace and mercy that you're here today. And let me tell you something, that never, ever, ever gets old to me. It never, never, ever gets old to me. I, I am just charged in my heart. I, I, last night as I was preparing um, and just going over some notes and the Lord kind of shifted some direction on me and, and, uh, and I, was, I was thinking, Lord, this doesn't make sense, but now I'm here, it makes sense. He, he knows what he's doing and I, I'm grateful for that. If you're a guest with us today, I want to say welcome. We're so glad that you're here. If you're watching online, we're glad that you're watching with us and if you're not watching today, if you're watching later in the week, we're glad that you're here uh, with us. Can we give all of our guests here and online a welcome today? You guys look good today. I'm not convinced that you believe that. You guys look good today. I'm still not convinced that you believe that. You guys look good today. You guys can't take a compliment, can you? Um, uh, but I'm so glad to be in the house of the Lord today. It's been a great week. It's just been a, uh, um, a wonderful week. I know uh, this week we had, uh, yesterday morning, we had men's breakfast here at the church. And man, what a great turnout we had here. Had a great time of fellowship. And this is what I know about men. If you cook it, they will come. Amen. And, uh, and so the, uh, there was a great group of guys that came. We just had a great time. And also this week, Tuesday night, was the uh, women's craft night. And I believe there was right above 40 ladies that participated in that craft night. If you give ladies something to do, they will come. That's what I've learned. Um, and, uh, and they always eat good there. You know how I know that? Not because I come, because a lot of people give Tristan a lot of the stuff to bring home. I got like salsa, some dip, uh, uh, some potato cheese soup, uh, like, and so I get the benefits of the ladies meeting just by being close to my wife. So husbands, it pays to be close to your wife. Amen. And, uh, but I know they had a great time. It's just, I love what God is doing in our church within our, our body here, uh, within our community here. Uh, it's, we're a community of believers. We're all from different backgrounds, different, um, we have different we all have different stories. We all have a testimony. We all have different, different things. But can I tell you this? Uh, we all serve the same Lord Jesus Christ. And, uh, and I tell you what, I, I'm just thrilled in my heart. I'm so glad that you're here today. Uh, I'm going to do this. If you will, uh, just if you have your Bibles, I'm, we're gonna go, I'm just going to go right into the Word. I, I feel like I just need to do this today. Um, we're going to be in 1 Thessalonians 5, chapter 5, verse 16 through 18. And um, I know before, before I, I, let me preface this before I start speaking. I know this coming week is not Thanksgiving, okay? But I'm going to speak on, on, on a little bit about Thanksgiving today. Uh, but I know that this week is not Thanksgiving. I know it's next week. Uh, but I, I want to preface this. Thanksgiving is not just a day. 
it, it, it is a, an attitude, it is a, it is a lifestyle that we choose to live. Now, I, I'm glad that we take one day out of the year and to really put a lot of thought into that. But it's, it's kind of like this. It's no, I know my wife loves me, and I appreciate my anniversary, and that, that's what brought us together as a union. But if I only celebrated my wife on our anniversary, I wouldn't have a very good marriage. So just like Thanksgiving... We celebrate it one day a year. Thanksgiving should be in, in our vocabulary, should be in our hearts, should be in our minds as believers. Amen? And so we're going to look at this text, and I was going over some notes, and I was looking over um, what I had spoke last year, and I actually used this text last year. I'm going to take a little different uh, uh, spin on it, uh, but I, I'll, I just felt compelled to go this way. And I, uh, Has anybody ever been in a, in a tight spot where you maybe maybe you were... Uh, maybe you're a, a young driver, you were trying to park in too tight of a spot. Anybody ever got into too tight of a parking spot? You couldn't open the doors, you couldn't get out. In, anybody ever made that mistake? All right, just a, a few people that are willing to admit that today. Um, or maybe, uh, you know, in your life you, you've been somewhere or you got pinned behind an animal, maybe in a, in a barn. Anybody ever done that? Got, got in the, bat, the wrong end of a horse? All right, um, and you get in a tight spot. Anybody ever been there? So uh, I want to look at this, uh, and we're going to go to First Thessalonians chapter five, verses sixteen through eighteen. And um, uh, this is going to sound very similar to what I what I this almost almost verbatim the same text that I used last week, but it's not. But it's going to sound an awful lot like it. Um, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, 16, it says this, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. That's a punchy little, that's a punchy little <laughs> a, a bit of scripture, let me read that again. Rejoice always. Everyone say rejoice. Pray without ceasing. Everyone say pray. And give thanks in all circumstances. Everyone say thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Let's, let's uh, bow our heads. God, I thank you for your word. God, I thank you for this day. God, I pray, Lord, that you would just uh, open our hearts, open our minds today, Lord, for what you have for us. God, I pray, Lord, that you would hide me behind the cross of Calvary today, Lord, that you would just... Uh, Use me how you see fit today, God. I'm just a vessel here. God, I ask, Lord, that your will would be done in this, Lord, that, that in this word, Lord, that it would be life-giving, that it would be encouraging, that it would be life-changing. In the mighty name of Jesus, we prayed. Everyone said? All right. I know it's going to sound kind of like a broken record. Uh, last week, I, I read out of Philippians chapter 4, and it was rejoice in the Lord uh, always. And again, I say what? Right. Okay. All right, it said that. So this, this particular bit of scripture in Thessalon First Thessalonians chapter 5 says rejoice always. Remember, you've heard me say this. If the Bible says it one time, pay attention. If it says it two times, really pay attention. If it says it three times, just do it. All right, just do it. Uh, uh, okay, and so uh, rejoice. Um, it says rejoice sometimes. No, it says rejoice when? Always. Um, uh, Philippians says to rejoice again, or 
joy again. Another another way you could translate that is uh, rejoice means uh, uh, to be glad. Everyone look at your neighbor and say, to be glad. That's what it means to rejoice. Some of you need to notify your face to be glad today. I feel like Jeremiah. Lord, I don't want to look at their faces today. No, I'm just kidding. I, I said you guys look good, but I want you to smile at me. Everyone smile at me. Show me your teeth. Don't take them out. Show me your teeth in here. Come on. There you go. All right. Everyone say rejoice. Uh, and uh, when we were going over Philippians, it, it, it mentioned prayer and supplication last week. And I mentioned uh, about praying in your situation. Um, and oftentimes when we have a trial or a situation, the first thing we want to do is tell everyone else about it and not tell Jesus about it. All right, that bounced off every wall in here. Um, and uh, there's an old song, I mean, and some of my older saints can remember. I'm, I'm, all you older saints, I'm getting there. I'm coming, I'm coming for you. I'm running hard here. Uh, there was a song, and, and it was, some of you may know it, Jesus on the main line. Yeah, some of you are old enough to remember what a main line was. Anybody ever, ever been on a party line? Now, I grew up in Missouri. We had a party line. And it was annoying because I would pick up the phone to call a girl or whatever. And guess what? The two ladies down the road were, would be talking on the phone. And I could hear their whole conversation. Some of you young people are like, what in the world are you talking about? You don't even know what I'm talking about. But, but, uh, but <laughs> Jesus, prayer is a direct line. A direct line to the Lord, and it's an exchange between me and God. It is. It's an exchange between me and God. And I talked about this. One of the last statements I said in my sermon last week was, turn your cares into, oh, you guys paid attention. You need to go back and re-listen to it. Turn your prayers, or turn your cares into, I gave it away. I helped you, all right? Turn your cares into prayers. And matter of fact, this week, I, it was funny because, uh, I'm not going to call them out, but I, I, I talked to someone this week, Wednesday, and they came up and talked to me, and they said, I, I am having this situation going on in my life, and I looked at them, and this person uh, looked at me and said, yes, I've prayed about it. They, they told me that, um, and, I, and I love that, but pray, Scripture says pray, or in Philippians it says pray without ceasing, and, and that doesn't necessarily, or here it says uh, pray without ceasing, and that doesn't necessarily mean to be walking around constantly praying. You can do that. That's perfectly fine. Probably won't get a whole lot done in your day, but, uh, be, but you'll be full of prayer, right? Um, and people may think you're crazy in the grocery store when you're going around praying to yourself. Uh, but, but rather, praying without ceasing literally means to have a life characterized by prayer. Is your life characterized by your prayer? Now, that bounced off every wall in here. It's a good question. It's a good question to ask yourself. But prayer changes things, and that includes me. When I begin to pray, oftentimes I'll go into, uh, you know, my prayer closet. I'll pray for someone else. And, and what will happen, end up happening while I'm praying for someone else, God will begin to work on me. Prayer changes things, and prayer changes me as well. So I love that. So we should pray about all situations not just emergencies. Oh, now that bounced off every wall in here. Everyone look at your neighbor and say, we should pray about all situations, not just emergencies. 
All right. So, and the last portion of this scripture here, it says thanks. Everyone say thanks. All right. It says give thanks in some circumstances. When it goes my way only, right? No, it's not what it says. It says give thanks uh, uh, uh in all circumstances, what what is when we say all circumstances, that means all everything, right? Everything. I, I'm going to go into a little bit of a, uh, I guess, a little bit of teaching mode today. But listen, I think that you'll be able to glean something from today. I promise, we're going somewhere. I look at your neighbor, and say, we're going somewhere today. All right. Um, so when we say give thanks in all circumstances, Scripture says that that means every kind of circumstance. The good, the bad, the ugly. Wah, 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 wah. My older crowd got that. The sad times, the glad times, the bad times. In other words, whatever state you find yourself, you should be giving thanks. Doesn't matter what it is. So, um, I, I, I said this last week, Thanksgiving is, if, if, if it's not it, it, my favorite holiday, it's one of my favorite holidays. Uh, number one, I, the reason that I love Thanksgiving is I have a lot to be thankful for. You do too. You do too. Number two, here's another reason why I like Thanksgiving, is there's always food. Now, um, the way to a man's heart is through his belly. It's true. Uh, the way to a man's heart is through his belly. And so, um, you know, so I, I like food. How many like good old mashed potatoes with ham? I, I, some of your mouths are starting to water. You're already thinking about Thanksgiving and, and how many times you're going to go back to the, to the table or not even leave the table, just stay right there. How many like a big helping of mashed potatoes with gravy, with turkey, a little bit of ham? You can throw them yams over there. Nobody wants those. I don't want those. You can have those if you want. How many like yams? How many like sweet potatoes? All right. God bless you. I'll be praying for you. Um, hey, you can pray that maybe God will change my taste bud. Maybe I'll eventually like them at some point. But, but I love Thanksgiving because we, we come together with our family, we come together with our friends, and we just take a moment to ponder on the goodness of God. We, I love it as a nation, and the remedy of selfishness is thankfulness. You find a selfish person, they're probably not very thankful. You find a thankful person, they're probably not very selfish. So, uh, so selfishness uh, is the remedy or the remedy for selfishness is thankfulness, and it's, and it's awfully difficult to be thankful and, and selfish at the same time. Try it sometime. Let me know how that works for you. I don't know if that would work or not. Um, Thanksgiving is not a day that we celebrate, but it's a lifestyle that we initiate. It's every day. It's not just the fourth weekend of, uh, or fourth Thursday of, of November. Another reason I love Thanksgiving is the Dallas Cowboys play always on, 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 come on now. All right, y'all pray for us, rowdy Cowboys fans, all right. But Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving is to, to be celebrated every day as a believer. 
every day, every day. So uh, to recap from last week, as believers, thanks, thanks should be in our hearts. Everyone say, thanks should be in my heart. Prayer should be in my lips. And the joy of the Lord should be in my actions. All right, let me, re- let me say that again. As believers, thanks should be in our hearts, prayer should be on our lips, and joy should be in our actions. Why? Because the next part of this verse tells us why. It is the will of God. Oh, pastor, I don't know what the will of God is for my life. I know what it is. It's to pray, it's to have joy, and it is to give thanks. See, if you look at this, there's a semicolon there. I'm not an English major, but I know this. When there's a a semicolon, it is bringing uh, things together. So everything predicated to that for this is the will of God, the three things before that, if you were to take that and make a comma there, I know this much, that those three things should be in the middle of for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. The will of God is that you would have joy in your heart. The will of God is that you would have prayer on your lips. And the will of God is that you would have thanks in your hearts. Amen? So just to kind of give that. So, uh, but, but this is what happens um, in our lives. We get thrown curveballs or, or trials or situations. And we end up getting into a tight spot. Anybody ever been in a tight spot spiritually where you got yourself in a situation? And I was thinking about this. When I was growing up in Missouri, at one time, me and some of my friends in my teenage years, we decided to go spelunking or go explore caves for for, uh, the layman. I don't know. I, I looked it up. I couldn't remember how to say it. Spelunking. And so we took our little flashlights because we're so good at what we did. And we went and we went into some caves and we began to explore caves. Anybody ever done that? It's a little scary. All right. And so we went into this, this cave, and it started, the mouth of this cave was really, really big. I mean, almost like as, as big as this the sanctuary, and we started there, and as we went further into this cave and further into this cave, it began to get it get smaller and smaller, and it got down to a place where it was about this this big. What did we do? We crawled right on through that hole. You know why? Because we were dumb with our flashlights, and we got back in there, and it kind of opened up, and we were crawling on our belly. Man, now I look back, I'm like, man, I was pretty dumb, but we were crawling on our bellies going through this cave, and we ended up trying to, to go back, and on the way back, we missed that hole trying to get back, and, and we got slightly lost for just a few moments there, and I, and I was like, man, I don't, this doesn't look familiar. I don't, I don't think we're in the right place, and I felt like in my life, for, the la- for one time, I, I thought that I was going to die in a cave for just a split second. TJ, you're dramatic. Sometimes, yes. And because I heard the story from an old-timer there in Missouri. And he was telling a story how his uh, dad had went exploring a cave before he had a flashlight. And he had a candle. And he got back into this cave to explore it with a candle. Now, that's brave. His candle blew out. And he couldn't see, and for three days he felt his way around and finally came out of the cave three days later. That, so that was what was in the back of my mind, all right? Uh, but oftentimes in our life, it's spiritually, we make some decisions that put us in tight spots, that make us, uh, uh, you know, question, question us a little, or sometimes often to question even the Lord, even though we made the decision. 
It's kind of funny to me. But, but as the people of God, the best remedy to tough times, are you ready for this, is giving thanks. Because the scripture says give thanks in what? All circumstances. All circumstances. This is the will of God. So I want to look at this, this story here. Um, and many of you know this story. Uh, if this is in the Old Testament. I'm going to look at an Old Testament uh, example. And then we're going to look at a New Testament example here. And the first one I want to look at is, is a, a character named Jonah. Everyone say Jonah for me. Everyone knows this classic Bible story, right? Uh, Jonah swallowed by a large fish, and most likely it's a whale. So you may hear me say whale because, you know, Jonah and the whale is the way we learn it. And the scripture actually says a fish. You know, it's probably most likely a whale. And, and you may say, well, TJ, I've heard that story, but that, that is a whale of a tale that you're saying there, that a man would be, yeah, it's a good play on words, right, uh, that a man would be swallowed by a whale. Well, it's interesting to me. I, I was doing a little bit of research on this, and, um, there are three or four people, uh, not including Jonah's story, that were swallowed by a well that survived. It's pretty interesting to me. Um, one, one of the most popular ones, is a British admiral, and he testified to this, that uh, James Bartley, he was a whaler um, in 1891 in February, uh, 200 miles off of the, Far uh, uh, the Falkland Islands. He was engulfed by, by a sperm whale. While he was whaling out there, and his boat came up, his long boat came up beside the whale, and the whale thrashed as they harpooned it. They were trying to kill him to get the blower from the whale. It's, I know that may sound cruel to you, but that's what, that's what they did. And, and the whale thrashed and broke the boat, and so uh, he was cast out at sea. Well, while he was cast out at sea, um, he tells the story of, of how the whale just came up and swallowed him whole. That's, that, I, I don't know, that sounds a little bit intimidating to me right there. And, um, and the, there was a second boat there, and that crew began to, to fight with this whale. And for like 15 hours, they fought with this whale, uh, and they harpooned this whale, and they finally got it up. And then they saw something moving, uh, its stomach moving, you know, they could see it moving, and they thought, what in the world? And then out comes uh, this man, James Bartley, who had spent 15 hours, sorry, I didn't mean to spit on you, had spent 15 hours that's, that's glorified, anointed spit. Uh, he spent 15 hours inside of this well. It's pretty crazy to think about that. Um, and they say that he was uh, unconscious and at first, but he would recover. His skin was bleached completely uh, to a ghostly white. He lost all his hair on his body, and he lost his eyesight in all that process. It's pretty interesting to me. As a matter of fact, his tombstone reads a modern-day Jonah. <laughs> and so I think that's pretty cool. And, and it was interesting as I was researching this. In June of this year, a man named Michael Packard, who was 56, was, was diving for lobsters off the coast of Princeton, Massachusetts, when a humpback whale swallowed him uh, for about 40 seconds. That's pretty crazy. Everyone's like, stay out of the ocean, Right. You guys won't run to the beach next time you go, right? Um, and, and, and it ended up spinning back out. And one expert said the chances of you being swallowed by a well are one in a trillion. I like my odds. If I go in the ocean, I'm probably not going to get swallowed by a well. But, uh, but I, I was looking at that. But here's what Jonah's story, regardless of uh, what you may believe or don't believe on that, I believe the Word of God. If, if the Word of God says that it happened, I believe it happened. Amen. All right, that's just where I'll just leave that right there. Um, so anyway, so he, uh, 
Jonah, he disobeyed God. God had told him to go to Nineveh. And in the process of trying to go to Nineveh, he basically said, Lord, I don't want to go to Nineveh. I'd rather go to Tarshish. Some of you are like, I don't want to go to work, Pastor. I'd rather go to Holiday World, or I'd rather do anything else, right? But this is, this is his calling. This is what he's supposed to be doing. And he is supposed to be heading to Asia Minor. Tarshish is over near Spain. There's a whole lot of distance, 2,500 miles that separate these two areas. So, so Jonah blatantly said, no, God, I reject what you're saying, and I'm going to do what I want. Now, how many times in our lives have we put ourselves at a tight spot because we reject what God has told us to do? And, and so this is what he did. And so, uh, so Jonah, here he is. He's asleep in the bottom of the boat, and, and there's a storm brewing, and the, and, the, and the boat is rocking, and the crew is going crazy. And they, they begin to just tell everyone, pray to your God. And so they go down, and they're, they're, they're throwing stuff overboard to lighten the ship so they don't sink. And in the process, Jonah's down there sleeping. They're like, hey, what are you doing down here sleeping? And they're like, hey, you should be praying. And then they cast lots. And then uh, Jonah got the wrong thing, and they basically, they basically asked him, and Jonah then confessed. He said, ah, I serve Jehovah, and let me tell you something. I have disobeyed him, and I promise you guys, I, Jonah's not very bright in my mind because he tells them, if you throw me over, over the boat here, you, you'll have smooth sailing because I have made God mad. That's pretty crazy, right? It's pretty interesting. As a matter of fact, Jonah 1.12 says this. And he said to them, pick me up and throw me into the sea. Man, Jonah, not very smart. Pick me up and throw me into the sea. Then the sea will become calm for you. For I know this great tempest is because of me. Look at the last words of that scripture right there. This great tempest is because of me. Change that word tempest to this great trial is because of me. Look at this. This, this is amazing to me. This storm is because of me. And how many times in our life do we cause storms? God's trying to get us to go one direction. We cause struggles. And, and God's trying to get us to go one particular direction. And we blatantly disobey the Lord. Just like Jonah. Nobody like you've never done that. Oftentimes we talk like the Lord. Maybe you're sitting in the grocery store. And Lord, you to that person about Jesus. Oh Lord, I think I need to go over here to the other side of the store. We blatantly turn, right? And, and it's amazing to me. You might say, "Hey, I was called by God at a young age. Yet in, in, in my late teens, I started running from the call of God all my life because I didn't want to do it." And you found yourself in a desperate storm. Now I'm beginning to think about one of my, one of my uncles. He's waiting. Um, he was called into the ministry at 16 years old, and then he, he began to run from the call of God upon his life, and and his life just was turmoil and turmoil and turmoil. And and God was trying to get him to turn from his wicked way, and it was storm after storm, situation after situation, bad problem after bad problem. But a lot of those things were completely disobey the Lord. Then the scripture tells us that Jonah was swallowed by a large fish, and he found himself swallowed by a large well. You find yourself in a dark, dank, tight location. He wasn't, it wasn't like, you know, here's well. 
cruise around the stomach of the whale. I, I, that would have been pretty cool to be that way. That would have been a gigantic whale. But no, he is there within the stomach of this. And can you imagine how stinky it was, number one? Some of you think that it stinks down there at the Williams Dam. Let me tell you something. Ain't nothing like what Jonah was smelling that day. But he, but he is squeezed in the whale's uh, or the fish's stomach, and it wasn't like he could just walk around inside of his stomach. So some of you feel like you're, you're walking around in a dark, dank, tight situation. Could it be because you are rebelling against what God has asked you to do or what God has called you to do? And, and oftentimes it's stormy in your life, and you feel like that the, that, uh, the storm is happening, and you feel like, hey, uh, that life is squeezing you and, and there's nowhere to go. Matter of fact, I, I saw this and, and I appreciate my good friend Russell Hilton, his pastor up in Indianapolis. He said this this week, every problem in your life is not the devil. Every problem isn't the failure of God. Look at this. Here's the last thing that he said. There are some contributing factors that involve you. You know why Jonah was struggling? His choice. His choice. And, and your situation. And it's amazing to me. Jonah, inside of this well, guess what? He is going wherever this well is going. Doesn't matter. He doesn't get a say in it. The well wants to go whatever direction it wants to go. And he has to go. If the well wants to go to the top, he has to go. If the well wants to go down. And oftentimes, look, look at me. A lot of us... The situation in our life is telling us, hey, today you're going to be high. You're going to go up. You're going to feel good emotionally. Next day you're going down low. I'm going to take you down to depravity, to the dark place. And so oftentimes in our life we are just accustomed to just going along with our situation. Can I tell you what that's called? Being bound. Being bound in your heart. And Jonah finds himself there after disobeying and rebelling. So I want you to look at this, Jonah chapter 2. And I'm going to read this, this little bit of lengthy scripture here. Verses 1 through 10, it says this. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord. Ah, oh, good idea, Jonah. Should have did that in the first place. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord, uh, his God, for, uh, from the fish's belly. Anybody ever prayed in, from a fish's belly? I didn't think so. And he said, I cried out to the Lord because of my affliction. He answered me, out of the belly of Sheol I cried, and you heard my voice, for you cast me into the deep. Into the hearts of the seas and the flood surrounds me are all your billows and your waves passed over me. So there he is. He's there in the middle of his trial. Then I said, I have been cast out of your sight, yet I will look again toward your holy temple. Verse 5. The waters surrounded me. How many have felt like that in your situation, in your trial, that waters have surrounded you? Even to my soul, the deep closed around me. This says this, weeds or, or seaweed is wrapped around my head. Man, he was in a bad situation there. Seaweed is wrapped around my head. I went down to the moorings of the mountain or the foundation of the mountain. The earth with its bars closed behind me forever. Yet you have brought up my life from the pit, O Lord my God. Look at this, verse 7. When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord. Some of you are tired. Some of you are weary. Remember the Lord, okay? In that moment, he remembered the Lord, and my prayer went up to you into your holy temple. So look at this. Verse 8. Those who regard worthless idols forsake their own mercy. 
There's a lot to say in that little verse right there. Verse 9. Look at this. Here. And here. Here's the key right here. Verse 9 is a game changer for Jonah. Look at this. It says, but I will sacrifice to you with the voice of, with the voice of, and I will pay what I have vowed. Salvation is the Lord. So look at this. This is Jonah chapter 2. He doesn't know about Jonah chapter 3 yet. He's still in the well, but he in his deep, dark, dank, tight situation, he is made up in his mind, I am going to thank the Lord no matter what. Look at this. This is amazing to me. Some of you have tried to fight uh, 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 from a tight place or a dark place. And can I tell you what you need to do? You need to start lifting your voice with thanksgiving. Thankfulness should, char- should uh, characterize uh, the Christian life in every circumstance. Not thanks for everything, but thanks in everything. Man, there's a difference between being thankful on something and thankful in something. Thankful in every situation. So Jonah here, he's pledging to keep both, uh, to acknowledge God's help and to sacrifice with praise. Uh, look at this. Psalms 107.1 says this. Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good for his steadfast love endures forever. Everyone read that with me. Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is for his steadfast endures all. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Look at this. And Jonah, uh, he, he, he doesn't know about chapter 3 yet. He doesn't know what's about to happen to him. But in the middle of his trial, he says, I am going to give you thanks, Lord. I messed up. But I am going to give you praise in this situation no matter what. No matter how dark it is. No matter how dank it is. No matter how smelly it is. I am going to lift you up from this belly of a well. Almost said welly of a bell. Psalms 136 says this. I will sing to the Lord because he is good to me. Uh, look at this. Jonah chapter 2 verse 10 says this. So the Lord spoke to the fish and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. This verse tells me even though you might have rebelled, God is still sovereign over your situation. Do you catch that? Jonah felt dark. He felt trapped and he felt connected in this, this belly of this well. And there he is. But God said, yeah, go ahead and just spew him up. I'm in control. I have sovereignty over this. And you're going, you're going to just do this. And this is what happened. The Lord gave the well the urge to regurge. He threw him up. Man, you guys think you're going through a tough trial. Can I tell you that God's, God's good grace, that's God's good grace at work. Amen. We, even though Jonah messed up, even though Jonah made a mistake, God's good grace said, oh, I'm going to help you here. You want to go this way? I'm going I'm to get you back. You're going to use a ship to go this way? I'm going to bring you back with a well. I'm going to put you over here, and guess what? Yeah, he's going to throw you up. Blech. There you go, right? And that is God's good grace at work. When God gives you another shot, 
you got to accept his grace and not walk in condemnation. I talked to a young man this week who was struggling, and he, he said, I, bet I just feel so condemned in my heart. And I began to just, just quote scripture over him about, you know, that, that, we, that we are not called to condemnation, that God, that there is no condemnation to them that believe in Christ Jesus. And so we, we are more than conquerors, what the word says. Amen? So, so there's Jonah. So maybe you're here today, and you're like Jonah, and maybe you've blatantly disobeyed God, and you find yourself in a tough, dark situation. I'm going to look at another situation. Look at this. Um, what if you say this? Say, well, a Pastor, that's not me. I haven't blatantly disobeyed God. I, I do what I'm supposed to do. I, I try to do my best uh, to follow the Lord. I try to walk upright. I try to, try to live the best that I can. Um, and, and, and Jonah's problem is because he had disobedience. Well, I'm going to give you another scenario here. I'm going to give you another scenario here in the New Testament where somebody was actually walking in the obedience of God, but they find themselves in a dark, dank place. So look at this. Paul and Silas, they're preaching the gospel, and they're in Philippi, and, and, and there's a sorcerer, and there's a fortune teller that's following them around. And, and while they are preaching, it, the sorcerer just keeps, just keeps bothering them. And Paul's like, I've had enough. And he just turns and he casts this, this demon out of this sorcerer, this fortune teller. And so, and by doing so, this, this, this fortune teller is free, but here's the problem. This fortune teller was a slave to someone else, and this was the way that they made their money, was using this person. Pretty bad situation. And because he freed this person, that person got mad at Paul and Silas, and they were thrown into jail without, and if you read the story a little bit later, they were thrown into trial without, or to jail without a good trial here. And so, and this is what happens. They were both thrown in jail, and they were just doing the will of God, blatantly being obedient, following the Lord. The Lord said, hey, you need to cast the demon out. And so Paul turns, and he, in the name of Jesus, he cast that demon out. Look at this, Acts chapter 16. Verse 25, so they find themselves in the middle of the jail. Not on the outskirts, but in the middle of the jail. They have them kind of in a solitary confinement. And most scholars believe that when they were in this jail, they were in a position where they could neither stand or they could neither sit. They were somewhere in between. That is uncomfortable. They were locked down, and there they are. So there's Paul and Silas. Acts chapter 16, verse 25 says this, At about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the prisoners were listening to them. Got nothing else to do, right? Verse 26. And suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundation of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's bonds were unfastened. And we'll look at this situation. So in the inner part of the jail, in the dark, dank, claustrophobic, the tight place, chained down, they begin to do something. They begin to sing praises. They begin to give thanks to God in all circumstances. In this dark, bad situation, they didn't deserve to be there. God, I don't deserve to be going through this. Praise God anyways. And so Paul and Silas, they begin to sing. And as they begin to sing, they begin to give uh, a supplication to the Lord. And the, the Bible says that God made the earth shake and opened up their cells. And the prisoners were free to go. Not just them, everybody. Probably the coolest jailbreak ever, right? But check this out. So, and, and while they're there, the Philippian jailer, he's there, and he's in charge of all these people. And Roman law would say this, that if any of these people got out of jail, that that Roman soldier would be responsible to fulfill whatever, whatever uh, uh uh, sentence that they had and so there he is he knows all these doors open he's thinking they're all ran and he's just like 
I might as well just do myself in, and he's going to kill himself. And Paul stops and says, stop. We're all here. Everyone's here. And I begin to think about this as they begin to worship God, as they begin to praise God. Uh, I begin to think about this as they, as they did this. This is amazing to me. None of these prisoners left. And I thought, why would they not leave? Why would they not jet? Why would they not run? And, and, and I begin to think about this. The Holy Spirit began to speak to me. And, I, and, and, I just, you know, and maybe you may believe this. Maybe you don't. I don't know. But I believe that all those prisoners stayed there because they saw something in Paul and Silas that was freer than them being physically free. So these guys were just singing. And then there was a great earthquake. I need to go talk to those guys because they have something that I don't. I'm going to ask the worship team to come back down. And so, uh, and so there they are. And notice none of the prisoners left. Why not? And, and I, just, I believe this, that they, that they saw that Paul and Silas uh, were, were not bound by physical things and that they were free. No personal uh, physical freedom could equate to the joy, the prayer, and the thanks that was coming from those men. Look at this. People of God, we have to learn to give thanks in prayer and praise again. It's not just something that we do on Sunday morning. We don't, we don't fill a 30-minute window. We don't do it. You know why we do that? Because the Bible directs us to do that. Does, does the Lord need us to, to stroke his ego? Is that why he needs our praises? No, but this is what I do know. Scripture tells us in Psalm 22 that he is enthroned in the praises of his people. So if you want God in the middle of your situation, you got to learn to give thanks, and you've got to learn to give praise in all circumstances. Amen? So look at this. Maybe you feel like this. You may feel like you're in a dark place spiritually and feel like you're in bondage. Maybe you feel like Jonah. Maybe you've, you've made some mistakes. And maybe they've been blatant, blatantly disobedient to God. Or maybe you feel like Paul. You feel like you, you've, you're doing the Lord's work and you find yourself just in a dark, bad situation, claustrophobic, a tight situation. But look at this. Psalms 34.1 says this. I will bless the Lord at all times, his praise shall continually be in my mouth. Everyone say that with me. I will bless the Lord at all times, his praise shall continually be in my mouth. Come on, say it with me again. I will bless the Lord at all times, his praise shall continually be in my mouth. Come on, say it again, declare it. I will bless the Lord at all times, his praise shall continually, come on, one more time. I will bless the Lord at all times, his praise shall continually be in my mouth. Will you stand to your feet? Will you stand to your feet and begin to bless the Lord? Come on. Will you open up your mouth? Will you open up your voice today? Begin to give him adoration. Some of you need to praise the Lord in your dark situation right now. Some of you are looking at bleak situations, maybe, maybe sickness or maybe bondages. Can I tell you something? When you begin to give God thanks, when you begin to give God thanksgiving, he will move in your situation. Look at Jonah. Look at Paul and Silas. God is not a respecter of persons. You ought to give him praise. You ought to give him thanks. Can we praise him in the house today? Sit down with me just a moment. I know, up, down, up, down. I'm keeping you awake. 
I'm going to ask my ushers. Uh, go, go ahead and go ahead and hand out the communion elements. I want to I want to sh- show you guys something. You're gonna, they're going to be handing out communion elements and communion cups. Don't be distracted by them. They're just handing out communion cups. It's not ten thousand dollar checks, okay? Look at this. The, the Holy Spirit showed this to me as I was studying this. This is why I wanted to bring this word today. This is why I wanted to bring this word today. Thanksgiving is communion. I, I didn't know this. I, I began to study this, and it blew me away. It just blew me away. Look at this. The word thanks in 1 Thessalonians 5.18 is the Greek word eucharisto. It means this. To give thanks. I am. To be thankful for God's good grace. How many are thankful for God's good grace? That word thanks means to be thankful for God's good grace. You wonder why I cry? Because I'm thankful for God's good grace all my life. Look at this. uh, Eucharisto is where we get our word Eucharist. If you know anything, I don't know if you've been in church very long, but Eucharist is the term that we use for communion or the Lord's Supper. We call this the Eucharist. It's what this is. It's where we get the Greek word. It's where we get our word thanks. You know why we take communion? To give thanks to the King of kings and the Lord of lords for coming down and for dying for a worm like me. See, that when you take communion and you go before the Lord's table, it is an act of pure thanksgiving. I don't know about you. I, you guys don't even, I am, I am jazzed up here. I'm going to run here in a minute. Here's the thing. It's time to give thanks for the greatest gift and sacrifice ever made, the death and the life and the resurrection of Jesus Christ on your behalf. I love this. I love this. John 3.17 says, God did not send his son to condemn the world, but to save it. Jesus didn't come to condemn you. He came to save you. Jesus came to die on the cross, to pay the penalty for your sins and mine. And and, in Luke chapter 22 is the story of the Last Supper where Jesus, he breaks bread and and he he shares the wine to his disciples because his crucifixion is coming. And several times throughout that passage, he reads this. And it says, when he gave them the bread, he gave thanks. You know what that word is? Eucharisto. The Eucharist. He gave thanks. 1 Corinthians 11, 28 says this. And we're going we're gonna to go to this. It says, let a person examine himself before they take communion. So let a person examine himself. Then, so eat the bread and drink of the cup. So this is what I want to do before we take communion. I want to give you a chance, if you don't know Jesus Christ, to know Jesus Christ. And if you are saved in the house, I want to give you a chance to examine your life. To ask God to search you. To God to forgive you. And oftentimes in our life, man, we, we, man, life happens sometimes. And sometimes things get in us that, that shouldn't be in us. So for the next couple moments here, I want you to just focus on the goodness of God. I want you to think about the goodness of God. But I, I want you to ask the Holy Spirit to 
reveal things within your heart. And if you don't know Jesus, just bow your heads with me. If you don't know Jesus in this building, I want to give you a chance to know him. He's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. He, he, he'll, he wants a relationship with you. If you don't know Jesus, I want to give you a chance to know him. If you don't know Jesus, uh, just lift your hand right now. Anybody in the building? Anybody in the building? I want to give you a moment. Anybody in the building? All right, thank you for raising your hand. Anybody else? Just Terry, just a moment. Let's pray this prayer. The Bible says that if you ask, believe, and confess, we're going to do this simple prayers. Lord, everyone repeat this after me. Say, Lord, I ask you into my heart. I believe you lived here on earth and that you died on a cross for my sins and that you were buried and that you raised from the dead and are coming again. God, I confess all my sins. God, cleanse my heart with the blood of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Come on, can you give Jesus a hand clap of praise for this, for this commitment today? Let's just take a moment here to just let the Lord seek your heart at this moment. this and maybe you're pondering and maybe the Lord is searching you just ask the Lord to forgive you and ask the Lord to make things right on the night that Jesus was betrayed Jesus ate his last supper with his disciples and knowing that he would accomplish what he would accomplish through a sacrifice he instituted communion I mentioned Luke chapter 22 where he thanked the Lord for the bread and he thanked the Lord for the wine and his, his loving instructions is that we are to remember him or to give thanks as we partake in communion and Jesus wants us to remember how his body was broken for our wholeness how his body was shed for our forgiveness of our sins and, and whenever we partake in this remembrance we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes is what Corinthians tells us Today, when we partake of the bread, we are declaring that Jesus' health and divine life flows in our mortal bodies. When we partake of the cup, we are declaring that we are forgiven. We've been made righteous. Jesus' blood gives us right standing before God, and we might boldly become come before the throne of glory. If you will, pull the bread out. I've asked brother David is going to pray over this but in this moment I want you to not do this ritualistically but I want you to do it with a heart of thanksgiving okay so I'm going to ask him to pray over this right now dear Jesus we remember you today and what you've done for us we thank you so much for dying
our sins and for making a way for us to know that we're given to you and for eternal life. We can't thank you enough. We can't remember enough what you've done for us. We set aside this time and just lift your name up and praise you. We love you so much. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Please partake of the bread. Heavenly Father, the song that we just sang, your goodness and your mercy and the power of the blood of God. When we truly come to you with a repentant heart, God, you put us in a position, God, that all our past is erased, never to be remembered again. God, help us, help me to live in the position that you have put us, God. We just thank you for the blood, your blessing right now, God. In Jesus' name, amen. You can take of the cup. Come on, stand with me all across this building. Will you lift up holy hands? Will you begin to give thanksgiving to, to Jesus Christ, the King of kings and the Lord of lords? Come on, can we take a moment just to give him thanks? I know you've got things to do today. Come on, can we take just five minutes and just give him the adoration that he deserves? Sing it out. Come on. Let's declare this. today for us, God, but it would be a lifestyle, God, that it would be initiated in our hearts, 
God, that we would rejoice always. God, that we would pray without ceasing. God, that we would give thanks in all circumstances because it is the will of God for our lives in Christ Jesus. God, seal this word in the mighty name of Jesus. God, we declare it. We decree it. Lord, we believe it. Lord, we release it in the mighty name of Jesus. Come on and give Jesus a hand clap of praise. so much pastor tj if you're a guest with us today we're just so honored that you came out today there's a connect card in front of you if we could get you to fill that out and turn it in our welcome center we've got a gift just for you we just want to get to know you learn how we can disciple you uh, as you're leaving today we've got the tithing and offering boxes hung on the walls we've got one up for the balcony as well and you can give this the different ways uh, on the screen behind me as well uh, just a few announcements. We've got our MOPS group meeting this Tuesday night at 6.30 p.m. I'm going to have to read this one because this one's pretty big. So the Thanksgiving baskets. If you or someone you know is in need of a Thanksgiving basket, you can sign up at the information desk before November 17th. I believe that's Wednesday. Is that right? Wednesday. What? Wednesday. If you're signing up for someone else, to receive a basket, we ask that you pick up on November 21st following the morning service and deliver the basket to them. And turkeys can be brought in on November 21st. Please make sure they're thawed out. And please have all other donations here by November 17th. Did I get all that? Okay, good. All right, yeah, Ignite uh, Friendsgiving is Saturday, November 30th from 6 to 9. Our teams will be selling car fresheners, wax melts, and room sprays. We have samples for each scent available at the information desk. There will be no service on Wednesday the 24th. And then don't forget this Thursday night here at the church at 6 p.m. we'll be having our prayer meeting. 